Hi, my name's Andrew, and I started the Empath community maybe five or so years ago now. And Genia uh, used to be in the community of, what, two or three years ago now? I can't remember when you started. Mm, three years ago. Three years ago. Okay. And yeah, she's obviously an empath. And it's been a little while since we've connected. And I followed up with her to see how she is doing. And here she is. So I'm going to find out live on this podcast how things have been. <laughs> um, so Jenny, <laughs> do you want to start by introducing yourself a little bit? Just Okay. Yeah. Uh, my name is Jenya. I'm an empath. Um, I'm uh, 30-something years old. I work in a hospital as a doctor. I'm specializing right now in um, anesthesiology and resuscitation. And um, I found out that I was an impact uh, very late, um, maybe five years ago or so when I talked to Andrea. And um, I, was, uh, I was 27, 28 at the time. And that's it. Okay. And uh, what, how did you find out you were an empath? What happened? Well, I always knew um, that I was more sensitive and um, more um, emotional, um, kind of different, but I never knew the official term was an impact. Um, I think that uh, working uh, doing my job uh, as a process uh, was the thing that showed me that um, it's not only that I'm emotional, it's that I can't separate my own emotions with others. Yeah. And you've, and you've said you've felt like that your whole life, but you only learned it specifically a few years ago, or five, whatever, many years ago now. Yes, because um, it, uh, I realized all of a sudden that I don't have uh, my own life. Uh, I don't live it fully uh, because um, my job is too uh, emotional, uh, weighing and dragging me down. I'm not like my colleagues. So you're talking about your job as a doctor? Yes. And so can you tell us a bit, bit more about how it sort of weighs you down as opposed to your colleagues? Well, my colleagues can uh, differentiate. Um, my colleagues can distance themselves from the patient and uh, his or her feelings. And... Um, They are um, numb to them. Mm. It's uh, some kind of um, 
protective mechanism or something like that. Um, a barrier they put on to uh, not uh, connect emotionally. And I don't have this barrier. I am 100% open. And um, I drown in um, people's emotions. And um, like they're my own. The problem here is that uh, it's not only that I'm an empath, that um, makes me different in my job is that also I, I take it very personally because it's personal for me. Uh, because I see every patient, I treat every patient uh, like it's my family, uh, like it's my dead grandmother. Mm -hmm. So I'm dying with every patient. I'm living with every patient and I'm giving my all to everyone. That's 100% all the time. And that's making me uh, very emotionally drained, unstable, uh, not able to surface um, for a very long time after finishing my work and my uh, days over. Uh, and it makes me feel like I personally am dead. And uh, I can't reconnect with my own life, my personal life and my social life and uh, my free time and because I have no energy because that's draining me. I'm giving all my energy and all my emotions I'm putting into the job. That's um, very rewarding because my patients are very grateful. But uh, at the same time, uh, it's very uh, destructive towards me and my own life. Uh, and I think um, my um, downfall is that I can't find my inner center. I can't find um, a strength within to balance myself and balance my life emotionally. I think that the problem comes mainly uh, from not knowing how to be an empath, not knowing how to control that, and uh, how to control the strength and weaknesses of being an empath.
Wow, I feel I feel a bit concerned, actually. Uh, Why? That you're giving me. It it sounds like you're close to some sort of burnout. Oh, I've been there many times over the edge. Mm, I think it happened two or three times when there were a couple of days I couldn't even get out of bed. I was so uh, emotionally drained and I had zero energy. When, when you're so drained, are you still able to function and perform at your job as a doctor? No, I, 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 I take breaks. <laughs> Like a week off or something. <laughs> but that happens rarely. Um, in the last decade, uh, since I've been working professionally, because I've been working since I was a student, um, still in med school, on the ambulance as a nurse, um, I've been uh, going to this, uh, through these burnouts, as you say, two or three times for no more than five or four days. Except that uh, I haven't really took a break or distanced myself from the job. Wow. But um, I'm feeling right now that I'm close to another one really soon. Uh, another burnout moment. I am feeling this from like now two or three weeks. So I'm planning on uh, having a kind of a week off uh, at the end of April or so and go somewhere just to let myself breathe for a little before I collapse for the, uh, I don't know which time. <laughs> Mm. Wow. You said you've tried to find a way to find balance a bit more so that it doesn't get to burnout. Yeah. Do you have And I'm sure you've thought about this a lot and how you can support yourself so that you don't get to that place. And I'm wondering whether you've spoken to your colleagues or to get some support. No, no. Uh, like I said, uh, no, because my colleagues think that emotions um, have no place on the job. I mean, uh, not emotions uh, at all, but empathy. Wow. Uh, most of my colleagues think uh, that uh, if you get close to a patient, if you uh, make an emotional connection, if you show empathy, uh, you'll be heartbroken if he dies. So, so they're distancing themselves to protect themselves in a way. And I'm using uh, all my emotional spectrum 
because that makes me a better hearer because I show empathy, I make connection emotional with the patient and I'm, I can help uh, more because I feel the patient more. Can you elaborate on that a bit? How you feel you can help more by using your full emotional spectrum? Well, I look at the patient as a whole. I look at the patient as a person. I don't look at him like a disease or uh, something that is framed. Mm -hmm. Something that is now a specific problem, rational, that has one solution. I'm looking at the patient uh, on every level, emotional, psychological, social, physical, and I'm trying to see that everything is connected within and that um, the body and the soul are a whole and everything has influence that um, person is, um, has many layers and um, they're all connected. Okay. And I think the, the main principle of, of it all, the basis of it all, is that um, the person should feel safe with me, should feel my support, uh, not only physically, but emotionally too, should not feel that he's alone or, or she's alone fighting the disease or the condition. Um, and, and that's very helpful. Because um, I can uh, help the person believe that he could or she could get better and uh, that he or she is not alone and that he or she could find strength and fight. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm uh, saying it right. I'm, I just feel that way that I'm not something, I feel that, um, I feel that's crucial, the connection between a patient and a doctor. It has to be professional, it has to have boundaries, but the patient should always feel that there is someone caring for him or her, understanding him or her, and uh, that he or she could rely on, on his or her doctor. And uh, I think that that's basic. It's not only knowledge and skills. I think I personally agree with you. When I feel more comfortable with a practitioner, whoever it is, um, I think it helps with my healing. But I wonder if you could speak a bit more to that. It's, it seems much more self-evident to you, like why the connection is important. Well, I think that because being an empath, I have a plus. Uh, being so emotional and so sensitive, uh, 
makes me um, feel the patient more in a way that I can um, I can sense when the patient is um, dying. Or about because I had that experience with a dying person, like for hours when I was younger, when I was 21, with my grandmother, when I was uh, at home with her when she was dying for hours. I didn't know at the time that I was an empath. I didn't know at the time. Uh, that I was going to be a doctor. I wasn't emotionally prepared as a young person, 20 years old, um, about that. I haven't seen a dead person until then. And um, it was very emotionally suffocating for me. And um, it was a big struggle because she was a very close, um, a loved one for me. And it was um, a situation where I couldn't do anything because she was terminal and she had cancer last stage. And um, the best thing for her as a person was to die in her own bed at home because it was um, going to happen within hours. And dragging her to a hospital uh, was um, not good for her or wouldn't make any difference. And um, knowing that that um, I'm completely helpless in helping her in any way, I knew that the only thing I could do for her at the moment was to be by her side and um, be with her and show her love and support and uh, just not leave her alone. So I hit day or that day, I made the emotional connection with the person who is uh, borderline, not alive, not dead, in a state of dying, emotionally, physically, um, for about nine, 10, 11 hours. I was uh, by her bed side and um, I made that connection. Making that connection as an impact, although at the time I did not know that I was an impact or although at the time I did not know that I was going to become a doctor, made me um, comfortable emotionally, uh, made me feel like I'm in, in a comfort zone uh, and I could deal with the dying person. So both of those factors, uh, being an empath, being a doctor, uh, being uh, in that day, with her and going through all of that um, makes me 100% uh, efficient for my patients.
because most people um, uh, fear uh, emotionally uh, suffering or uh, feeling the suffering of others. And they disconnect to protect themselves emotionally. So you're saying the experience of being there when your grandmother passed and experiencing it so deeply has helped you stay open to people passing as patients. Yes. That, that makes me fully present on every level. And because after that, I uh, had the knowledge and the skills and, and uh, gone to med school and uh, practiced it for so long, I could help them on every level. Mm -hmm. And I could be fully present and fully open at the moment. I think I'm curious to go into this a bit more because death and dying, it's not something that's often talked about generally. Um, like particularly from your empath perspective, like what, what happens? Um, it's, it's very difficult to uh, explain it as an emotional state. It's like, uh, if there is no peace, there is no, um, it's not, uh, it's not, um, you feel the person is still present. You feel the connection is there, the emotional connection. And it's like, it's, it's dark. It's like um, you can't feel the person's emotions anymore. Uh, I couldn't feel her emotions anymore. Uh, I, 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 I lost the emotional connection, although she was physically still there and breathing mm -hmm. and still alive on the bed. Uh, I felt that I lost her emotionally because I felt like she, although I was holding her hand, she couldn't feel me emotionally. And uh, for the first time in 21 years, I felt like uh, our emotional connection broke. And um, she couldn't feel me emotionally. Uh, although I was almost physically hugging her, and um, I couldn't feel any emotion coming from her, not pain, not um, struggle. Um, I couldn't feel any kind of emotion. I, I couldn't feel any kind of peace because I lost the connection with her. And uh, for the first time in my life, there and then, I felt emotionally uh, darkness. 
like like I was the dying person because I had lost an emotional connection. It's like you were experiencing the death process yourself. Yes. And um, after she passed away in the upcoming month, I uh, voluntarily went to the ambulance as a volunteer uh, because I was still a student and um, started um, to work there as a nurse because I wanted to be close to uh, people in the same situation as me uh, and to patients who are in the same state as her because that brought me some kind of a emotional resuscitation for me. Like I was in the process of um, breathing and not breathing with every patient uh, for a couple of years when I was still a student being a nurse and still in med school. And uh, that became my life. I had um, no kind of life around it or um, except it. I was like um, a drug addict um, searching for a patient. So I can breathe again. And would that be particularly patients that were dying, not just any patient? Yes, that's, that's why I was in the ambulance because uh, there the majority of patients are uh, ER, are emergency cases with life-threatening conditions. Yeah. And um, how do you feel now in terms of your description of a drug addict? Mm, well, I overcame that a lot of years ago because when I, um, when I finished school and um, I got my degree before I did that uh, two or three months before I finished school, uh, med school, I um, went to an NLP here in my hometown uh, and uh, he made me a visualization. Uh, how is it called? Neurolinguistic uh, programming or something like that. And he made me a couple of visualizations about breathing. And he said, when I do this, you breathe. And suddenly after five or six sessions with him, I started to slow down. I started uh, to breathe again on my own and the world stopped spinning around so fast. And that's when I finished school and that's when I left the ambulance, left working there 
and um, I took a year off and I didn't do anything after I finished school. And I was trying to figure out what kind of um, specialization should I do or should I uh, continue to evolve uh, professionally. And um, the only thing that I felt like home and the only thing that I felt like it's mine was uh, the ICU, the uh, resuscitation. And uh, that's why I uh, continued uh, in that, um, specializing that and uh, profiling that. But when I started doing that uh, and um, really working as a MD uh, with a degree, I had overcome my emotional problem. I had um, uh, separated my own bread from the patient's bread. I wasn't anymore in depression because I started uh, working with um, a psychologist here uh, at the same time after the NLP to uh, process my uh, grandmother's death. And I, uh, he worked with me for two years, I think until uh, I had accepted that and processed that debt of my grandmother. At the same time, when I was going to my psychologist, uh, I met you and uh, that, that's when the realization that I was an empath happened. And we started our, and we started our sessions, which, uh, which helped me a lot the psychologist, uh, you, and uh, I started writing my own journal at that time and putting my emotions on paper. And uh, it helped me a lot. A lot of people helped me on the way, but um, the crisis, my own personal crisis right now is not... Um, It was pretty bad at the beginning, but, but now my two main problems are that first, I can't get emotionally stable and balanced after finishing my work for the day because I feel drained and I can't um, recharge myself. I don't know how, and uh, I don't know how to balance emotionally in my everyday life. And the other problem is that I uh, project um, I project my work life in my personal life. And I can't keep a stable relationship in my personal life because I'm looking uh, for my grandmother in men. I'm expecting the same kind of um, attitude and um, emotional connection, which is impossible because uh, she has uh, a place in my heart, which is special. And that emotional connection 
is unique and um, I can't, um, I think the problem there is that it's my only model of love that I got emotionally as a child because I don't have any other structure. I don't have any other example. And uh, that expectations uh, works against me all the time. Because um, the relationship between two people romantically, a man and a woman, is uh, very different from that. Yeah, that, that earlier modeling of what love is is very powerful, I know. And despite how hyper aware you are of the whole process, the psychological process of it, it's, it's not enough, really. Shania, when, when we were last talking, you were talking about, about um, to me about things you're picking up as patients were arriving at the hospital that the specialists were missing that you saw. <laughs> and they were getting, you were kind of bruising their egos a bunch. Uh, that happened a lot. Uh, that happened for a few times, yes. Uh, different places I work. Uh, but um, I think it's because um, the empath can see the whole picture faster than the normal person. And um, if you had uh, the professional knowledge, you can um, and apply that on. You can get the answer faster than other people because... Um, you see the whole picture, not just the detail. I think that that that's that's what makes me faster than others. So you're able to diagnose issues faster, basically. Yes, because I can scan. I don't know really how I do it because I. I um, it can't be done without having the knowledge, the professional knowledge. Uh, but um, over that, I have an impact um, structure as a whole, and that makes me faster than others. I don't know uh, the mechanism of it. Like I said, I don't know my own strength and weaknesses, I don't know myself. I can't uh, control myself. And um, I, I, I sense that being an empath is, is kind of a blessing, but for me, it's kind of a curse because I can't, um, 
control it. I can't understand it. And I can't balance it. I, I can't find my own center because I don't know myself uh, as an impact. And uh, I don't know anyone like me around me. I haven't met in real life anyone like me. So um, most people tend to think that being emotional and empathic is a kind of weakness and should be uh, ignored. And uh, I... Um, I, that's why I don't talk about this with other people who are not like me, because they they can't understand me and they don't want to understand something like that, because they're very emotionally close to people. I have people in my life that I adore and love and would give anything and everything for them, uh, my family and um, my relatives, but. Um, they're not like me, and um, many times they can't understand me, although they love me. And I feel that they love me. Um, I can talk with them, but I don't talk with them about this. They didn't know what I was going through for a decade, and they still don't. They just think she's emotional and it's her, in her nature and that's the problem. She's too uh, cry, cry, you know, call it crying, 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 crying. <laughs> like, like uh, that's a bad thing. Hmm? Like a weak person. Mm. And, then, and they think that if they leave me alone, I will uh, become like them and strengthen up and uh, everything will be okay. <laughs> That's the logic there. So do you feel quite isolated? No, I, I know that they don't do it uh, on purpose. I don't feel isolated from them. I uh, talk to them all the time, every day. And uh, we meet two or three times in the week with my family and my relatives because I need and want and uh, like to keep them close and talk to them and everything. But um, they don't know me like that. And um, the worst thing is that I don't know me like that. It's like I feel I can save, I save, I try to save people. I try to save lives every day. I try to give my all and my best to everyone around me uh, at work and, uh, and not. But um, I'm not doing anything for myself for years. I'm not uh, working on myself, on my being an empath and knowing myself. 
and uh, I'm not happy emotionally and I'm not balanced emotionally. And um, I get very tired, as you said, um, I have burnouts a lot of times. And um, <laughs> I think I'm even in a depression right now and I don't even know. Can you say that again? What do you need right now? I said that I'm, I think that I'm in a depression right now and I don't even know it. Oh. Mm. Because I'm taking care of um, everyone except me, basically. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> and um, that has gone for years. And that has been going for years and um, I need help. Uh, I've been going to psychologist here, uh, trying to balance my personal and working life, my social life and, and so on, working on issues and stuff. And it's good for me. I haven't stopped going to the psychologist at least once a week for years now. But I think that um, I need um, extra help, um, a different kind of help uh, for being an empath. And because that's, um, there is a core in me, there is um, my, I don't even know my own nature. And I don't think that the psychologist can help me in that way. So what do you think the extra help would look like? Mm, getting to know myself as an impact, getting to know my strengths and my weaknesses. Um, getting to know how to control, getting to know how to center myself, mm. and um, how to have my life and be happy in it and uh, work what I work at the same time. And... Um, and get from the one emotional state to the other. Like from death to life. And be okay. And be different. Um, because they are different. Uh, the problem is that I'm uh, in my personal life, in my personal time, I'm playing it still dead. Or I'm looking with people, or I'm looking for people that I can save. Or uh, I can't, um, I can't uh, separate myself from, I can't, um, I can't basically live. I can't basically live my own life and I can't basically feel that I'm alive 
I am miserable in my life. And I don't feel strong, basically, because I don't know myself. I can't help myself because I don't know myself. Um, I think the basic problem there is that uh, at work I'm so great because the center isn't me. It, it's not in me. I'm looking at uh, outside myself in the patient and um, I'm using qualities I don't even know about myself. And um, that's working there. But when it comes to just being me and my own life, uh, I can't find the center within. And I can't uh, help myself the way I help others. Uh, and I can't get back to life. I still play that uh, emotionally. Yeah, that not being able not being able to connect to yourself seems to be what stands out for me the most. Yes. And it sounds like a couple of things, like the it sounds like there's a, there's a knowledge component of just like understanding yourself as an empath and also just being connected to your emotions. It sounds you said something like you you might be depressed right now you don't even know it like you're disconnected from yourself emotionally yes i don't know why is that i can feel your emotions right now i can feel in anyone's emotions right now, but I can't feel my own. So you're like a fully functioning empath, but an unhappy human being. Exactly. In a nutshell. <laughs> I mean. Yes. <laughs> you got it. Uh, I'm a very functionally fully empath and very functionally fully doctor and a good human being. And everything is great, except that I'm miserable. Why are we laughing? Because we had a truth. If I could cry right now, I 
cut, but I can't, that's why I'm laughing. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. It's very it's very strange to be not present in your own life. Not to feel alive, not to know yourself, not to be happy, not to be connected with yourself, not to have a center. Uh, and It's like I'm not even here. Do you want to be here? That's a good question. That's a very good question. Mm. Maybe no, definitely no, because I don't want to feel alone, emotionally disconnected. Because uh, for me here isn't good uh, if there is no emotional connection if I don't feel love and uh, if I don't feel love, I feel, I, I find it pointless. It's, it's, it's uh, too dark for me mm. without that connection. I'm thinking of your family and the, it sounds like you have a pretty good uh, relationship or at least amount of communication with them. What's, what's the love like there? Mm. I'm here for you if you need, if you need me both ways. Uh, I help you and try to help you in every way, both ways. And um, I feel love, but I don't feel emotional connection. And that's not because they uh, don't love me or because I don't love them. It's because when I was a child, they, they were very pretty young parents, 20 something years old. And uh, they couldn't find time for me because they were working and studying a lot and very young people. And um, I grew up basically emotionally with my mother, with my grandmother. Mm -hmm. And I spent uh, most time with her 
because she was uh, not working at the time. And uh, I feel like they missed out uh, when I was a child. And um, I lost uh, there that connection with them. I'm trying to rebuild it now. Um, in many ways, I'm succeeding, but um, it's just not the same. I don't blame them. I can understand them now that I'm an adult and um, I love them. I know they did their best. I'm very grateful because they did a lot for me growing up, supporting me and uh, raising me and so on. But um, I was a very lonely child. I only had a cat and my grandmother to talk to. <laughs> Basically. Does <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so that like the most significant source of love for you was your grandmother? Yes. What about cats? <laughs> Hmm? What about cats? I can't have one right now, unfortunately, because I work and not in my hometown right now. And I travel a lot during the week, back and forth. Hmm. I work in a nearby town and um, I drive the car there. And uh, I don't have stability in my life right now because I don't stay at one place. Mm -hmm. It uh, is working against me because I can't have, even have a pet. Uh, I can't have a relationship. I can't have a pet. I can't have a home because I'm always moving from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I need to move because I'm alone and I don't feel emotional connection every day from the same person, from one person. And uh, that's why I move and work in a different town and go back to my comfort zone, the dying person, just to feel connected emotionally somehow. And that's a vicious circle because it, um, it, um, uh, 
I can't, I can't uh, have a home that way. I can't be in one, in one place and stay in one place. And, uh, uh, but I can't uh, deal with being disconnected even for a day. So that's why I moved. Can you explain with, that? I'm sorry. Uh, what? When you say you can't stand being disconnected for a day, what, is, what does that mean? Well, I need a... I need um, something to keep me from not drowning, uh, metaphorically speaking. Like, uh, that's the emotional connection for me. It, it should be one from one person, uh, the same person every day. That keeps me grounded. That keeps me centered. Being loved and loving someone. That's... Um, fundamental and um, that's the most important thing for me. Yeah, that's what uh, uh, that's my only motivation in life. That's, that's what keeps me going. And when I don't have that, it's, uh, it's uh, too dark for me. And uh, that's killing me, the darkness. And uh, I'm working against myself because if I stay in one place, if I become stable, I can have a pet, I can have a cat, I can have a relationship, I can have a home, but I'm not doing that and I'm not happy because I'm sabotaging myself, because I'm destructive toward myself, because I'm moving from point A to point B just to reconnect to the different town, to the job, to the dying patient to someone to have the connection uh, because I'm looking for the center outside myself. You understand yourself so well. <laughs> and still I'm miserable. <laughs> Yeah. I think that's what I was alluding to earlier when I said it's not enough. The, the, the knowledge is not enough somehow. You know, most people, people who are not empaths, are basically designed to be self-sufficient and um, enough. I love me. I'm uh, first, I'm enough. And that's all, that's, I have my life. Uh, and that works for them. And those people are emotionally closed off 
because they put themselves first and they are centered. Um, other people, um, I can speak only for myself personally. Uh, I can't put myself first. I can't be like I'm enough. I can't be like I love myself the most. And that's it. I'm different. I'm built differently. I'm structured differently. I'm like emotional connection comes first. Love comes first. Then I then I come second. And um, life without love is meaningless. And I can't be enough by myself because the connection is the most important and the path is most is the most important thing because connection is love mm. and i need some one outside me to love because uh, that's love because I can love someone more than I can love myself. I need it to be that way in order to feel real love and to feel meaning in my life. Because I don't find life meaningful without emotions, without being with open heart and without loving and love is a road it's a path it's um from point b to point b it's connecting with someone feeling someone feelings it's uh it's a circle that you make and i think that that's the core of being an empath um yes uh, being able to make that circle, being able to connect, being able to give love and receive love, and uh, being able to share, being able to let someone in, and um, Being able not to feel emotionally alone all the time. And I think that um, only a child that has felt love and being loved can do that. A child that has been hugged and uh, kissed and... Um, been told I love you and um, like the love I felt when I was a child by my grandmother emotionally because you can raise a child two ways the first way is uh, 
when a child is crying and you can leave the room and say, deal on your own. And the second uh, attitude is to hug the child and uh, comfort that, that child and uh, show that child love and support. And I feel like uh, from the perspective of time right now, I received that from my grandmother. I was hugged when I cried. I was comforted. I felt love. I felt tenderness. I felt support. I felt that I was not emotionally alone. And that makes me able to give all of that to people. That makes me open. That makes me not afraid of my feelings or the feelings of anyone else. I'm not even afraid to uh, feel the dying person. To feel death itself. Because I know I'm emotionally strong enough to go through it and come back to me. And that's why I don't blame my parents because uh, I don't think that they know any other way to love. But that's being emotionally sensitive. I think that there is more to being an empath than this. Like you said, I see things, I feel things emotionally when I connect with the patient that others don't. I would like to work on that and um, get to know uh, what's underneath it just to understand how I process things, how I uh, know what I know. Because I have a tendency to look at the whole picture and I have a tendency to um, connect all of the information that I gather on a rational and on an emotional level. I don't know uh, the mechanism of that. I would like to understand it. I would like to understand how I function. I would like to understand what kind of an empath am I? Why I can do that? And how can I control it and how can I switch it on and switch it off so I don't burn out Like you need to go through some empath training or something like that. Yes, I need. 
I'm curious when you would choose to switch it off. If you could. Hmm? You said it would be nice to be able to learn how to switch it off and switch it on. Yes. I'm curious when do you think you would choose to switch it off? In my own time, in my own life, when I don't feel the need to be helpful or to say someone. Hmm. You think we should start an empath school? Yes, I think. Because if I attended such a school um, in my 20s or when that happened with my grandmother when I was 21, that would have been very helpful for me. That would have been very, I don't know if I would be on the same path right now or if I would choose differently. I can't say that. But I would be uh, maybe definitely happy with my own life and with myself and uh, peaceful and um, peaceful and happy yes i i've been struggling for a decade right now because i haven't attended such a school i haven't no one has helped me and um Yes. I would think that would have made a great difference. Just not uh, emotionally. Um, being so exhausted all the time. Being so burned out all the time. Uh, and the psychosomatic aspect of it. Um, dating disorder that I started uh, when I, the depression, the panic attacks, the insomnia, uh, a lot of things that are not healthy, that are not good for the body. And um, definitely right now, I'm not living a healthy life. I'm not living a um, peaceful life. I feel tired all the time and I'm not happy with myself or with my life. And I have no knowledge of myself. So that school, if it existed 10 years ago, it would make a great difference for me. It is very important for a young person, a teenager or someone 20 something years old to attend such a thing because it can make a great difference for his or her life. They can start a different way. Being um, stable, being um, emotionally calm and peaceful, um, knowing themselves and um, and uh, being in a community uh, with people around them 
like them. That's very important. And now being 30 years old, I need to do that for myself because I, I still at this point of my life can't start living my own life, can't be constructive in my living, in my own life, in my own time, for myself, for my happiness, because I haven't been trained. So if the school existed, would you attend now? <laughs> yes, because <laughs> that's the only way for me to actually make a difference in my life. And I need to make a difference. What do you think this would look like you are like your ideal fantasy of this empath school well online definitely because uh, I think that there are people from all over the world in different cities and countries uh, that have including me that uh, may not have the physical ability to attend it if it's in a fixed in a one place. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, I imagine it like an online session, like a class or something, uh, once a week or twice a month or something like that. And uh, dealing individually but being in a group, like uh, maybe uh, five people uh, at one time in a one classroom at one session, um, saying uh, like, my name is that, my problem is that, I found I was an impact uh, and I have struggles uh, concerning that or this, um, I want to learn about this and that and, um, and helping each other. Hmm, kind of like a, like a study group. Yes. And uh, it, receiving uh, individually support and help and knowledge about yourself, but at the same time feeling and... Uh, being in a group and uh, seeing other people and um, seeing their problems um, as a collective. And uh, yes, finding ways to be useful, uh, having disabilities, having these skills empathic skills. Like I found my usage, I found my place uh, being a doctor, being a resuscitator. But I feel like I can do so much more. Uh, I can, I, I, 
I've been thinking in the last uh, month that I would like to be a volunteer, um, like um, helping animals or uh, or being green or something like that. When, when we are a lot of people, we can do something more for the nature or for um, their environment or something like that. Maybe you can find causes. You know, being good because empath uh, at the core is just love. Can you say that again? I think I heard you, but it just broke up a little. Empaths at the core. Empaths. There, I think you're back. Are you? I'm here. Fantastic. So tell me again, empaths at the core. Love. Hmm. Empaths at the core are love. Yes. Hmm. That might be like a perfect way to wrap this up actually. You're giving me an immense amount of food for thought. But I want to feel cool. Sorry, say that again. But I want to feed back on that school. Feedback in what way? Mm, when it's gonna happen, how it's gonna happen, and when it starts. <laughs> okay, so you would be you would like to be one of the first enrolling students. Yes. Cool. Well, let's. Uh, it's maybe more than food for thought. It's a bit motivating, actually. Um, hmm. Yeah, okay. We'll definitely keep you in the loop on that. That is a promise. Okay, thanks. Well, thank you for your, your rawness and your honesty and your transparency with what's really going on for you. It was very sobering for me.
I know. I, I saw a couple of times when you when you felt many of the stuff that I was talking about, like I was talking about you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the empath. Speaking to the empath. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll put a I'll put a uh, a marker in this for now. Okay. It's been a, it's been so lovely to reconnect with you, honestly. For me too. Okay. Thank you, Zenia. Thank you, Andrew.